Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey, self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com book. Thousands of you have read and dove into The Gift of Self-Love. The reviews are just incredible. So many five-star reviews, and I'm so forever grateful that it has touched your lives in such a big way. After publishing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I noticed that many of you asked me for a tool that would help you build a daily practice of self-love into your life, which is why I decided to create a new self-love journal, 100 Days of Self-Love. It's got 100 journaling prompts that cover all areas of life, body, identity, purpose, relationships, emotions, and more. So you can think of this as a metaphorical multivitamin for self-love. You can get the journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. These two books, The Gift of Self-Love, The Workbook, And 100 Days of Self-Love, the journal, are complementary to one another, so the content does not overlap. It just depends on what you want or need at this point in your life. It's my mission to share all the self-love tools with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can help you do just that. One thing about me is that every week, I tell myself that I'm going to record a lighthearted, short and sweet, yet inspirational podcast episode. And not every topic has to be deep, dark, and heavy. And then I hit record and I end up talking about things like self sabotage, which is the topic of today's podcast episode. Now, you may wonder, why did I decide to talk about self-sabotage? And I think we all know the answer to that. I just have to confess it to you out loud. I have been struggling with self-sabotaging, and it didn't hit me until literally earlier today that that's what I've been doing to myself. I have been coming up against feelings of just resistance to doing what I want to do, and then just a hodgepodge of difficult emotions that I'm also feeling guilty about because I'm like, why are you feeling this way during the best time of your life? And I think that that's what's super fascinating about self-sabotage in general is that we do it, at least I do it, when other things in your life are objectively going well. That's why it's called self-sabotage. It's almost this disconnect between what you want or what you say you want and what you do, and the disconnect between what you're able to do and what you're allowing yourself to do. So what I mean by this is almost like a brain-body disconnect. So your brain says, I want to accomplish X, Y, and Z. I want to start a new journaling practice or apply for a new job or start dressing better or 
I don't know, make small micro steps toward any kind of goal. But then your body, when it comes down to doing it, it just doesn't do it. (laughs) And I think we've all experienced self-sabotage, especially in healing our relationship with food, whether you're learning to stop restricting or you're learning to not binge eat. I think a lot of people have experienced self-sabotage with food. Some people will say like, I know I need to eat. I know food is nourishment. I know it can be pleasurable and enjoyment and all of the good things, but I just can't bring myself to eat enough to recover. Or people say, I know I don't need to inhale large quantities of food anytime I sit down for dinner, but I'm so deprived that my body just disconnects from my brain and I can't help myself. That's also a form of self-sabotage. Now, of course, there's lots of deep layers to it, and I'm not going to be able to cover this all in today's episode, which is why I titled it A Quick Tip for Self-Sabotage, because I would like to reserve this topic for hopefully a guest expert that's a psychologist that can talk about the deeper layers of self-sabotage, including maybe substance abuse and the core root of it. But today I want to talk to you about something that helps me address self-sabotage in a really small way. This could work for you, this could not, but honestly, you have nothing to lose. You can just try it. So remember how I said that self-sabotage is basically a brain-body disconnect? It's like your brain knows what it wants, but your body still doesn't. Your body is like resisting. Well, the close cousin of self-sabotage is perfectionism. And I have a totally different episode on perfectionism. If you need a little support of that, just search Mary's Cup of Tea perfectionism in your podcast player and it should come up. Don't remember the episode number right now. But the thing about perfectionism is that it's like an all or nothing mentality, right? And self-sabotage is kind of that nothing part of it. So perfectionism will say, okay, I'm going to get my shit together. How often have you told yourself that? Because I tell myself that very often. And I especially tell myself that when I'm really beating myself up for not doing what I say that I want to do. So I say, I'm going to get my shit together next week on Monday or next month or when I get through this time of my life. So right now my self-talk is like, after the wedding, I'm going to get my shit together. What am I actually telling myself? I'm telling myself that who I am what I'm doing right now is not enough. It's imperfect. It's flawed. It doesn't count as living. But when I get through this big, beautiful, wonderful event in my life, when I get through my wedding and after, then I'm going to be perfect. Then I'm going to do all the things that I want to do. And I've told myself this enough times that I know that after March 23rd and my wedding is over and April rolls around, I'm probably going to be dealing with very similar limiting beliefs that I am dealing with now. The only difference is right now I kind of have an excuse. I have something to blame it on and my brain and body disconnect is telling me that It's not about me. It's about all these external circumstances. (laughs) And when we self-sabotage, that's like a big sign is that we don't call it self-sabotage right away because we don't realize that we're doing it. 
So if you're feeling out of sorts, if you're feeling some type of way, like this morning, it was just so hard for me to get out of bed. I just wanted to sleep all day. And if you're feeling that way, especially when things objectively aren't so bad, like say you're working a job you like, you have the people in your life that you're close to, you know, most things, most of those boxes are kind of checked for you, but you're still feeling this way, it could be, of course, if it's not a serious mental health concern, please consult your therapist. But if you are feeling out of sorts, but you don't really know what it is or why, then chances are it's self-sabotage. And I didn't realize that I was self-sabotaging until earlier this morning because I didn't want to admit that to myself. I kept looking at external things. I kept telling myself that it's the pressure of the wedding or it's the Instagram algorithm or it's the lack of money I'm making in my life right now, that it's this something else. And that's why I can't bring myself to do the things that I want to do. But really what it is is me telling myself that I don't deserve to go after what I want. And that stems from very deep self-worth beliefs, but it could also stem from loneliness and simply feeling not supported in the way you need to be supported. I'm not saying that everybody in your life sucks. I'm just saying you're not being supported the way you need to be. Maybe you're not supporting yourself the way you need. So for me right now, as I'm self-reflecting, talking to you, I'm realizing that a lot of the things that I say I want to do involve me doing them alone. And I'm a very extroverted person. So I'm already setting myself up for failure. I'm already self-sabotaging. And then when I self-sabotage, I just give myself a reason to talk shit to myself. Mary, why didn't you record the podcast on video? Mary, why didn't you post this thing you wanted to do? Mary, why didn't you write these emails? Why didn't you get more stuff done? Why didn't you whatever, whatever? And I keep on beating myself up without realizing that I'm self-sabotaging because I'm not setting myself up for success because deep down inside, I believe that I don't deserve it. And that's where self-sabotage gets really tricky. It can stem from loneliness, like I said, unsupportive, just feeling unsupported when you're feeling out of sorts. It could be many different things. And perfectionism is not what's going to fix it. Just want to drill that into your brain, saying, I'm going to get my shit together on Monday, or things will get better when something happens, or if something happens, or doing that whole I'll be happy when that's living life in a future that doesn't exist without addressing how and why you're feeling right now and what is the resistance that is coming up for you. About three years ago, I started putting together a playlist with uplifting, inspiring, and empowering songs. I originally did this for myself because I love music of all different genres, and every time I would notice a song that just made me feel good, I would add it to my self-love playlist. And now there are over 300 songs on my Spotify self-love playlist, and these tracks are perfect for when you're getting ready, trying to hype yourself up, or going through a struggle and need a reminder for how badass you are. 
if you love music as much as I do, then go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist to get the Spotify link. It will ask you for your email so that I can send you this self-love playlist. And full transparency, this will also put you on my email list where I send out a monthly newsletter about stuff I'm thinking about, personal things, things I don't really share on social media, and all the happenings in the Mary's Cup of Tea world. So go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist and let's start jamming to my self-love playlist together. So my simple tip for self-sabotage, all that preamble aside, is to pattern interrupt. A few years back, I was mentoring somebody who was dealing with binge eating and body image that comes with that, but especially binge eating. And she would tell me, you know, Mary, I've gone to the doctor. I've talked to a therapist. I'm still binge eating. I know I'm eating enough throughout the day. I feel like I've been working on my body image a lot, and it doesn't even feel like it has anything to do with that anymore. It's just that at night, after dinner, I crave large quantities of food, and I feel like I can't stop myself. Actually, she said this was not at night after dinner. She said after work. She goes, I get home from work, and food is my escape. And her job, this person that I was mentoring, her job was a social worker particularly a CPS worker, which is Child Protective Services, a very difficult, taxing, emotionally laborious position where you're seeing people in their most fragile state in their homes. And of course, it's just so much to take on. That is a very difficult position. And I've noticed that a lot of people who struggle with binge eating and body image, I mean, I think every woman in the Western world to some extent struggles with body image. But I think at least the people that I see coming to my retreats most often is people who are in positions where they're helping others in a very big way. Nurses, social workers, those kinds of jobs. So I was talking to this client of mine and we were trying to figure out like why is food what you turn to? And she particularly used the words like I just self-sabotage. Even if I don't have a bad day at work, I come home and I use food to relax. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. But given how she felt very distraught about it and felt like food was her only coping mechanism, I thought there might be a way to address that. So I said to her, I said, what if you, upon coming home from work, when you parked in your garage or driveway, instead of going through the garage door and heading straight to the kitchen, the way she described her house layout, she said that, you know, I park, I go through the garage door, and my garage door is right where my kitchen was. That's so funny because that's exactly how my house was laid out when I was really binge eating. So it's like the kitchen is right there first thing. I said, what if you parked and then went through the side door or maybe the front door So that way, not to avoid your kitchen, but just to see if there's a different route you can take to your kitchen. So I didn't say avoid food, take all the junk food out of your house, like don't go into the kitchen, don't even come home, live somewhere else, somewhere where you don't binge eat. No, that shit doesn't work. I said, you clearly come home from work, you need a snack, you need to have food, (laughs) but instead of 
going through your typical route. Let's see if we can pattern interrupt or at least reroute just slightly to get your brain and body on the same page upon walking into the house. So I said, try it. I don't know if it's going to work, but just let's see. She tried it, reports back, and she was like, Mary, I went through the front door instead of my usual garage door, and I went to the kitchen. I thought I was going to binge eat, but I didn't. And I was like, great. What do you think worked? And she goes, I don't know. I just, it was like a couple extra moments of breath and just thinking about it because we obviously had this conversation and just a couple extra moments for my brain and body to get reconnected. And I felt like I could just have a snack without binge eating. For me, this was really eye-opening because honestly, like I said, let's just try it. Let's just see because we have nothing to lose. And I've been using this approach of pattern interrupting for a really long time in my own life too. So pattern interrupting can look as small or as big as you want it to. A lot of people ask me, like, what was your turning point in healing body image concerns? And I say that my biggest turning point, and this is just a big privilege, and I didn't know it was going to unfold this way, but I'm so grateful that it did, was actually the first solo trip that I took to Bali. And I, you know, had escaped, quite literally escaped, a very toxic relationship I moved back home with my parents, or actually I just dropped all my stuff off at my parents before essentially booking a one-way flight to Bali, and I think my return ticket back was like four weeks later. So I didn't have much of a plan. I was just going to hang out there with a friend, and I wanted to see the world, which I've never done before, and enjoy my summer. I got a new credit card. You know, they had those bonus smiles offering, and that is what funded my flight. And then over there in Southeast Asia, things were relatively affordable. And I'm really grateful that I was able to do that because that is when I realized that I was more than a body. Bali doesn't have many full-length mirrors, at least not in the cheaper accommodations that I chose to stay at. We are also outside in nature all the time. I just was interested in different things. My brain and body were exploring the world. It didn't cross my mind to worry about how I looked because I was in a new place. So I think the concept of novelty can be used to your advantage. And not everybody can afford to go across country, but think about like if you've traveled before, how did that feel and how did you feel about your body? I think it kind of depends where in your body image journey you are, but how did you feel about your life in general? Isn't there something special about travel that kind of makes you see different possibilities? You just see different way of living. You meet different people that you otherwise wouldn't have interacted with. It just seems like the world is a brighter place because everything is new and fresh. Now, that's a big example of pattern interrupting. You put your same self into a different place and you might have a totally different, hopefully more positive experience. This doesn't mean that you're running away from yourself, but maybe it's just enough to get you out of your old environment to help you see a different possibility. And hopefully, at least the goal with you know the way I host retreats you come back keeping that fresh perspective, holding on to those positive emotions, knowing that you can create them for yourself and also knowing how to generate them when you're feeling low or if you're slipping back. 
So I gave you an example of a small way and I gave you an example of a big way to pattern interrupt and hopefully stop self-sabotage at the very least temporarily, at the very least for enough period of time to help your brain reconnect with your body and for you to get aligned with yourself and what you really want. Some other ways you can practice this is by taking a different route home. Sometimes we go to work, we come home, we're taking the same road, we're taking the same train stops, we're kind of going in the same flow, just going through the motions. And sometimes we're kind of zombie-like, right? We we just pick up our phones to check our notifications, to check the apps. I refresh Instagram and I'll go on TikTok right as I sit my ass down on the toilet. These are all patterns. So of course I'm feeling like shit because I wake up in the morning, I go to the bathroom, and the first thing I do is consume a bunch of people's content and compare myself to that. So an easy way for me to pattern interrupt is maybe like shut my phone down completely before bed and put it in a totally different room so that way when I wake up and go to the bathroom, it's not there. It's far, far away. (laughs) Maybe I hide it from myself, right? You can also go to a new place. That could be a cafe. That could be a different country. I hope you have the opportunity to travel at some point this year. But even if you just get yourself to a library or to a new class or just anything, there's so many free offerings around the community, a farmer's market, a museum, Anything in your community that just gets you doing something different. Maybe if you're a content creator, you post something off-brand. You talk about something you've never talked about before. You FaceTime somebody out of the blue. Maybe you have an acquaintance or a friend that you usually don't talk to, but you just want to drop in and check in and just do something to shake things up. So for me today, shaking things up looks like letting this be enough. This podcast episode. I hope that it gave you at least something to chew on. Not falling into perfectionism, not doing this all or nothing mentality, and also working out of different rooms in my house. Like right now, I'm recording this in my office, and right after this, I'm going to take my laptop and I'm going to go to the kitchen table and I'm going to finish the rest of my emails there because sitting in the same room in my house will also make you a little stir crazy, right? Hopefully, there's some ways that you can implement this into your own life, but just remember that when or if you are self-sabotaging, if or when you're feeling not yourself, but you don't know what it is and things objectively aren't so bad, you're probably coming up against resistance. And that resistance is old voices in your head that are telling you that you're not good enough, that you don't deserve the things that you want to create in your life. And of course, that takes a little bit more digging with hopefully a mental health professional, your journal, any kind of practice where you're sitting with yourself and you're just trying to unravel, peel back the layers of the onion. But one thing that you can do hopefully very quickly and tactfully. Tactfully, is that a word? I don't think that's a word. One thing you can hopefully do that's tangible is pattern interrupt, reroute, see something different, and see how that goes. Let me know. Love you. Bye. One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. 
You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.